Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. On Second Thought, episode 266, brought to you by Hookin.com. Our good friends at Bud Light said, Golden here with the Doug Kirk Bowles. Doug, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. Where have you been keeping yourself? Uh, Well, you know what? Before, we're we're at the second day of all Big Big 12 media day. day. We survived one day, and we're going to hit the Longhorn hard here and they're going to hit new commissioner Ray Yormark but first let's talk about vacation because we both took some vacation time yes we did Don't you tell me what you tell tell our listeners what you did well my uh, lovely wife Vicki and I went to uh, wine country in Sonoma County you're a winer that uh, sounds right I'm a winer John McAvick taught me well and I uh, went to a lot of vineyards we were in Healdsburg California where's that it's uh, uh, I think it's a couple of hours north of like San Jose. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's very cool. The temperatures were a little chilly, 60s and 70s. So, but it wasn't too bad quit if you compl- wanted to wear a jacket. Quit bragging. Quit bragging. <laughs> it was heaven said. It was like, you know, 60s and 70s, and sometimes it get up in the upper 80s, mid 80s. But uh, yeah, it was just paradise. So we got away for like eight days and uh, nice. just kind of relaxed and just. Uh, Drank some wine under the palm trees. How about you? Man, I had a good, I had a nice vacation. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, full disclosure, I'm taking two more weeks after this I'm week. I'm taking one. And you're taking one. So y'all, y'all, y'all enjoy this little podcast <laughs> because you probably won't see us again till August. Absolutely. Won't see us again till August. Um, I chilled out. Uh, I went to, I, uh, after I covered the, U- the UFC event at the swanky new big Moody time. Center. Big time. Man, they filled that place up. What a great event. Shout out to Dana White. Um, uh, went to Vegas on Sunday the 19th. Um, Did you make a deposit? Made a huge deposit. Yeah. Made sure that Vegas was back. Keep their economy going. Yeah, I wanted to help out. I That's did my very part. Benevolent I did my part. Saw the new Top Gun movie. Loved it. That's Loved a great it. Movie. I think watched, I gave it nine ducks. Yeah, watched the old one. Yeah. On the on the flight up. And I don't think I watched the old one back well, in the day. Well, you mentioned that to me. I can't I believe remember. you wouldn't watch it. It's a little nerdy for me. It I wasn't was in the airplanes. A hit, it was, yeah. but I don't think I watched it. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it, and then watched then uh, me and my cousin Pooh Choice, my uh, my college roommate John Keith, the cop, and uh, Victor Diaz Very of nice. Spectrum News all went out to Vegas together. Went to that movie, um, came back, and uh, got sick. Mm-hmm. Came back your, on Wednesday. It was got, your turn. Got the COVID on. Uh, I was tested <clears throat> positive on Saturday. And stayed in bed the whole week. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you it, had all your shots. I had I had all my shots and yeah. the booster. You're no Kyrie Irving. I'm not Kyrie. Yeah. And I was careful. I'm a mask guy. I wear a mask in the I know grocery you're store. Careful. And so I don't know even, I don't know where I got it, but I got it. And yeah. so 
Maybe it was that masseuse that um, mm. had a coughing fit that's in the middle good. of the massage. Yeah, that's enclosed yeah, area. It's that's a, not good. You know, and I, 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 in the middle of it, I asked her, I go, is this real life? I mean, is this real life? <laughs> is this like a Deshaun Watson revenge tour? I don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. But anyway, um, but I took off a week after yeah. I got sick, and all then right. I came back last week, and I'm all, I'm about ninety percent. Yeah, about ninety yeah. percent. But so you had time to watch the Wimbledon. That was great. Oh my God! Curios. Yeah. If yeah. if Curios got a lobotomy, he would oh, win Wimbledon. He could harness. He would all win his Wimbledon. Talent and concentration. He's, it's a, between the years. Totally between the it's years. It's all between the years. It was so hard to watch a, a man of that kind of talent wasting his opportunity. He may never get to a final of a major again. He might not. But the one thing that I that we talked about, and I'll tell anyone else, those old guys, they can't play forever. No, no. Roger is 40. Yeah. Um, Rafael Nadal is like 35, and, and the Joker is like 35. Mm -hmm. Those guys can't play forever. No. One day, Curry... Curio's only 27, so maybe in two or three years, yeah. he may have a chance. I think but I might. think he his window yeah. is closing. He should have won one long ago, yeah. but his attitude on the court has always held him back. You don't know if he's distracting his opponent or just distracting himself. You just think. I mean, he was talking that whole match. It was like Jordan Spieth on steroids. He mm -hmm. was talking so much. He was. Know? And, and, you know, credit to Djokovic for you know, keeping his concentration. The great, the great you know, ones yeah. persevere, and they yeah. don't worry about external stuff. And you know, my wife and Zachary, our youngest, and I went to Wimbledon about five years ago. I remember. And, uh, oh my God, it was. I so want to get back. I, you know, I haven't ever covered a Wimbledon, but just going there was wonderful. And you and I both have mentioned the U.S. Open tennis. Once, on, I, once on I retire, once I retire, I'll yeah. go. Yeah, I'll so, go. But uh, anyway, but we're closing in on football season, and. Uh, this week is just kind of the entree, the prelude. Today, if you will. today, I mean, Wednesday was the was was the little, little appetizer. Yeah. You know, you had the mullet. You had the mullet. Mike Gundy. You had. You he had was Kleiman, on the court. You had Dave uh, Aranda. You had Aranda, the conference favorite. Yes. Dave Aranda. And and you also had the new com outgoing commissioner Bob Bowlesby, mm -hmm. incoming commissioner Brett Yormark. More on them in our next segment today is t-day the texas longhorns will arrive in arlington and at 12 35 your guy steve sarkeesian fresh off a five and seven debut season duck fresh that off, lost yeah. to kansas you got a shot in on wednesday we heard you we saw you on television duck when you did when you, when you asked the kansas when you asked Lance, Brett, when you, when you, when you asked Leipold, you, you beat Texas. What's up with that? <laughs> Twice in six years. Yeah. Not him, but yeah. Kansas. So has. what's up with that? So, yeah, yeah. That was a shot to the bow of Longhorn Nation. But I'm not living in the past. No, you're I'm not. I'm looking oh, ahead. You're, you're you, rose-colored. We're rose-colored glasses. You got OU's Brent Venables this morning at 1035. Joy McGuire, Tech at 1105. Iowa State's Matt Campbell at 1135. TCU's Sonny Dykes at 1205. And then the Sark machine. Got the heavy hitters. Rolling today. in at 12.35. And uh, we'll be accompanied later by running back B. John Robinson. He of the Lambo. Backup running back Roshan Johnson, who I'm sure is the only backup running back that's ever been to the Big 12 Absolutely. Media Days. And we both who, know he could be starting for yeah. at he, least who, six or seven who, other teams. Who here. brings a backup? Yeah. Um, Ovi Agofu. Yeah. 
And the quarterback will be here, right? And agent zero to Marvion Overshot, who is not the quarterback, Doug. No, I, I don't see quarterback on that list. You don't what see is, Quinn yours. We don't see Hudson Card. You don't see Hudson Card. We don't see either one. You don't see Malik. Wow, why didn't you don't they... see Sam Ellinger? You don't see VY. Times have changed, so have they, Doc? Have they changed? Well, the there's quarter... uncertainty for a second straight season at yeah. that position, and I think there's more this season because Casey Thompson gave us a glimpse of what could be when he lit up Utah in that Alamo Bowl. Yes, but he we, did. With these two guys, what have we seen from? Last time Quinn Ewers played in a football game, he was at South Lake Carroll. He did, and both of us think Hudson Card will be the backup, and Quinn Ewers Absolutely. will start against Absolutely. Louisiana Monroe. But, you know, Sark's a different cat. You know, I've said that before, is that, you know, we all thought Casey Thompson outplayed Hudson Card in August. Absolutely. But a lot of the other media didn't, and they said, oh, no, it's, it's Hudson Card. He's the guy. And, and ultimately, he was the guy, at least for two games or a game and a half. Yes. And then he switched to Casey Thompson the next 10 starts with a thumb, Im- thumb injury that, you know, severely limited him. So... He could start Quinn Ewers and bring in Hudson Carter at halftime of the Alabama game if things go poorly. I don't put he's, I don't think he's wedded either one of these guys, and here's a big reason, because he knows how important that position is, having played it at BYU. And how much wiggle room does Steve Sarkeesian have after a 5-7 and seven year? you got to get it done in your sophomore season, Duck. You can't. You can't be sitting there thinking thinking it's going to be all good oh, yeah. with that non-conference schedule. We signed a six-year deal, but is there any guarantees here for those six? Who's the last Who's the last coach to play to play out his contract? Been a minute. Well, Mac Brown played out some of them. He kept getting extensions. He but, kept getting extensions, but, yeah, but Charlie just, didn't make it. There is Tom didn't time, make it. Big time pressure on mm-hmm. Sark and. You know, if uh, if he were to turn in another five and seven, or even a six and six season, the Wolves would be banging at the door. Oh yeah, question yeah. about that. They will be, and 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 the one thing that 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 scares me, if I'm a Texas fan, quarterback duck is the most important position in all of sports. No question. You can't win. No. These days, with a with a game managing. Ball dumping off. An average quarterback. Average doesn't get it done. You better have a defense like Georgia. If you're in, not, I'm not calling Stetson Bennett average, but most people probably thought he was, and mm-hmm. he had good moments. But he had, but, but he had the 85 Bears defense. There yeah. wasn't the pressure on him to produce like there will be a Texas quarterback because. Because any quarterback can win if you're only giving up 11 points a game. And, and you wrote about the defense earlier in the week. And what did they give up? 425 yards a game? They were ranked 100th in the country. That ain't good. That don't cut it. You're yeah. 100th in the country with a Big 12 schedule, Doug. And this, means, is, man, this isn't the high-flying Big 12 of old where, 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 where they were lighting up the scoreboards and sending quarterbacks right. to the league on the regular. No, this, right. is, this is a Big 12 where running backs like Brees Hall mm-hmm. and Bijan Robinson and Deuce Vaughn, those guys took took center stage ahead of the quarterbacks. This isn't a star. This isn't a quarterback star league anymore. No, but you know Brock Purdy's gone. Oklahoma's two uh, competing starting quarterbacks mm-hmm. are gone. Uh, Jerry Bohannon from Baylor, who, he gone. He gone too. Uh, so Spencer Sanders, he kind of had a comeback year. It was okay, fallback year. I just. 
wasn't impressed with him. We don't know who Joey McGuire is going to start at Texas Tech. Uh, but, you know, West Virginia's got JT Daniels transfer mm-hmm. from Georgia coming in. So you're right. It's not a – got Adrian Martinez, a Nebraska they quarterback. Imagine. He's at K-State. So it's, But it's not – you know, you don't have you don't look four at these, guys that are going to be drafted by the Exactly. NFL. You don't look at those at that roster you just mentioned and go, oh, my God, that those guys are going to be playing on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, that's a gauntlet. You, you know? had a feeling that right. Sammy – might make a team mm-hmm. that yes, Sam Ellinger, which he did, make yeah. a team. Yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield, Cole McCoy, Kyler those guys, Murray. Kyler Murray. Absolutely. Those guys move yeah. needles. They've yeah. moved needles in right. this league. And, um, you know, Sam Bradford, those guys move needles. Uh, they don't, they haven't, I mean, Sam was as close as they had mm-hmm. to a Heisman Trophy yes, he candidate at the quarterback position. Yeah. So, um, I don't expect it to be a largely offensive league this mm-hmm. year. I don't, and but I do, I do wonder if the little general Gary Patterson mm-hmm. will be a a gold mine for Sark yeah. and and PK uh, with his knowledge uh, right, as an right, analyst. Right, right, wait a minute, how do you define gold mine? And I too think Gary. Patterson will be a big help. Don't you think Gary Patterson is at least worth 50 fewer yards a game for a defense? You don't see them giving up 375 instead of 425. I'm just saying how many tackles is Gary Patterson going to make? How many quarterback sacks is Gary Patterson going to make? I love that question. How 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 much better tackling technique is Gary Patterson going to teach? That's the question. How how much pass rushing technique? Gary Patterson brings a wealth of of knowledge of defense. We both he knows that. he's Big 12 He's a streets. defensive guru. He's a guru. He made TCU relevant. But so, TCU wasn't good last year. No, they were not. So it's not it's and that's not why he's magician. gone. That's exactly. why he's gone. He got fired. He's got a statue of himself so, outside their stadium. I think he'll I think they I think they'll give up less than 400 a game. Who do you who do you see on their defense that you go Now there's a couple of all-stars. We we talked about it's hard to find a zero. Overshone should be all-conference caliber. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of been hot and cold. You know, he had a great Oklahoma first half. He, had you know, a, he, he had thought a, he was Dick Butkus well, out there. Well, he did, and he had a he had a good bowl game. <laughs> yes, he had he a did. good bowl game, but he's not consistent. No, he's not consistent. And uh, they don't have that perimeter edge rusher. They never have. You know, I asked Sark in the spring. I said, "Do you have somebody that?" Capable of double-digit sacks. Well, you know, no. that's kind of overrated. You know, no, it, you want no, it a lot of, no, no, it isn't. You want one guy that the offensive line has to account for. With two guys. Yeah, with two guys. To that, open it up for everybody and else. Texas doesn't have that. They don't they have don't a have guy. close to that. Mm-mm. You know, I was looking at the All-Big 12 team preseason, and uh, you know how many players Texas had on it? On the first team? First team, offense and defense. Offense. Offense: Bijan Robinson, Xavier Worthy. I would say those two. Okay. How about defense? Maybe Demarvion, if any. Yeah. That's it. I think that was it. I think yeah. they had three, and that, I think K State had a bunch more. K State had more than anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's K State, you know. So it's like, so I, I, I minimize the Gary Patterson impact a little bit just because. You know, he's as good as the players he's coaching out there. I think he's going to benefit this. But they just don't have dynamic, elite playmakers, the difference makers that 
you know, like Osai when he took over that Oklahoma State game. That was great. You make four or five plays. He got drafted that night. You get a turnover. You get a big sack on third down. And they just don't consistently have that player. Aren't you, aren't you kind of aren't you kind of surprised that those defensive tackles turned out not to be as great? They may end up being good, but I'm talking. Yeah. Well, I'm Snacks talking about great Al, Alfred Collins, Snacks, Colburn, uh, those guys in the yeah. middle. You don't see a Puna Ford. No. Or anywhere close to like a Casey Hampton, if you really or want to Roy, go back. Or, or Roy Miller. Or Roy Miller. I really thought Alfred Collins would be much. Because he had a long. huge bowl game. Yeah, and then they put him inside. He's, Which I don't didn't like that move. Well, and you know, you and I have talked about Jatavian Sanders. Why he's not an edge rusher. He had a good spring game. It's tied in. He's got good hands because he's a good athlete. But is that the best use for him? Because they've got tight ends with Billingsley coming over. From- I'd love. I would love to to know what Mad Dog Jeff uh, Jeff Madden's thinking right mm-hmm. now. Because it was, it was the great mad dog mm-hmm. who pulled Henry Melton aside, who's playing a 250-pound yeah. tailback. Where's and he goes, he goes, do you want to play in the league? Yeah. And Henry Melton goes, hell yeah, I want to play in the league. You need, you need to be defensive end. You need to be on the line. You need to be on the line. That was a three or four million dollar piece of advice. Yeah. Because Henry Melton ended up having a nice... NFL career. And that's what coaching is. Part of it's evaluating, you know, putting people in the right spots. And I think I think we've yet to see that from Sarkeesian and his staff yet. So, I mean, he's just, there's just, you know, there's reasons for optimism. You know, number three recruiting class in the nation. Uh, but does that help you right now? No. Well, it's going to help you marginally because, I mean, they had 15 linemen. Yeah. I think it was eight and seven, uh, D-line, O-line. And, and some of those O-line are going to, if not start, they're going to be playing a lot How early many true freshmen in September. How true freshmen When you got a, a guy like Banks and Campbell, you know, a five-star and a four, high four-star. Those guys play right away. They're going to play right away, I think. Because who are they beating out? They're not beating out, you know, Dan Neal mm-hmm. and people like or that. Or Justin Blaylock. Or Justin Blaylock. So I think they're going to get their feet wet early. I mean, you got Alabama week two. So what are you waiting for? So, again, that goes back to, you know, carving holes for Bijan Robinson and protecting one of those two quarterbacks. So there's just a lot of question marks. And as good as the offseason has been with, like I said, the number three class, Arch Manning's commitment, and all the, well, what would they get, like nine players after that? Mm-hmm. So he's got it. Fours, rolling, fours and fives. He wins the offseason, but... The season is what matters. The season is what matters. And I look at it like this. this All of this stuff has happened in a spring where they didn't have a draft pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. And second time in, what, about six years? Second years? time, I think, since 2013, yeah, I want to say. eight years. And so I write a column saying Sark wasn't here. Mm-hmm. He's only been here for a year, so that's not on him that a guy didn't get drafted. These are guys that he didn't recruit. And you wrote that. And I wrote that. You wrote but that. I also wrote, the clock is ticking on Sark. I'm sure it is. And the, and the reason the clock is ticking is because in three years or less, you're leaving the Big 12, which you haven't won since 09. It's been a minute. For... 
for a membership in the SEC, which is housed mm -hmm. by Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Georgia, Georgia Florida, mm -hmm. Aggie. Mm -hmm. What's your point? The point is, uh, first of all, that, that was a money move. And sure. I mentioned that in my column no today. That was a money move, and I get it. That's fine. But second of all, if you're not winning there, the pressure is real. I mean, if you're not winning the Big 12, you ain't gonna be winning the SEC. The pressure is really ramped up to winning the SEC, and I don't care what pod they put you in. If you're in a pod with, <laughs> if you're in a pod with Alabama and Oklahoma and Aggie. Doesn't oh. matter. You're going to be playing eight, nine, maybe even ten conference games, and you're not playing against, Vanderbilt against every top week. ten potential exactly. teams. And so, so, so the pressure is ramped up on Steve. Yeah, the pressure is ramped up on a coach who is he is thirty four and thirty two in conference. That's it. As three a head schools. coach at three schools, he's fifty one and forty two all time. That doesn't exactly instill fear or confidence. Or confidence. But I'm gonna judge. I'm gonna judge a book by its cover right now. It's a five and seven cover, Doug. Mm -hmm. Can't get around that. And Arch won't be here this fall, so Arch ain't riding in on a white horse this mm -hmm. fall. You got to figure out how to win. Yeah. Pre Arch, because and people got mad at me, and I wrote it. I go, it's a verbal commitment. Mm -hmm. If Arch Manning decides he don't want to yeah. play here. Arch Manning ain't got to play here, Doc. I see, now you're scaring people. I am scaring people, but I'm being real about this. I want Arch here. Well, anybody. I want him here. He's box office. Anybody. I want to be able to walk up to Peyton Manning on yeah. the sideline anybody during the game. If I can change their mind, I, he doesn't strike me as the type that will. He doesn't. And he committed after five and seven. So he it's did. not like he's coming in here blinded to the struggles that have gone on. But I'm not talking about five and seven, dog. I'm talking about 2022. What sure. are you going to do in 2022? Is Arch Manning coming here if you put up another five and seven? So much is on the line. So much is on the line. Your present day is on the line. But you don't think Your so. future is on the line. And Sark's so. livelihood is on the line this fall. You don't think schools will negatively recruit Texas <laughs> to six and six, do you? No. They wouldn't no, do that. No, no, they're not going to slide in. They're not going to slide in Arch's no, DMs. They're not going to do that. Nobody would try to change Arch's mind. They're not. Lincoln you know? Riley ain't going to call for no, the West Coast. They're, they're, Kirby Smart's like he decided he's going to Texas. I know I've got a, an unproven. There's a gentleman's uh, code. Yeah, that there's they a gentleman's code. By. I respect Sark, and uh, we 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 we're on the same staff. We understand. But you hit the right the game. tone. You go six and six. You know, and that would make you, what, 11 and 13 in two years? Yeah, and, do, and does Arch Manning want to come in here and take a beating? I don't know. Why would he? He'd better see improvement this year. That's the bottom line. And don't and, – and, they and, got to see improvement this And year. one other thing, Doug, Arch Manning doesn't need the money. No. Cooper Manning is a millionaire. Yeah. Uncle Peyton's a millionaire. Uncle Eli's a millionaire. Cooper does Grant, Grandfather Archie is a millionaire, Doug. Yeah, yeah. He's done well for himself, so – that kid's a blue blood. That kid yeah. is a huxtable. He doesn't need it. No. But he's a football player. And the football player wants to play. He wants to do what, mm -hmm. what, his, what his two uncles and his granddad did. Yeah, don't he you wants think, to go to the league. Don't you think, you know, Arch and Eli got tired of losing that old Miss? You know they did. You know, so, but, so he's not coming in on a white horse. He may come in on a white Jaguar, you know, but uh, – no, a white Aston Martin duck. Uh, maybe an Aston Martin, yeah. uh, the vehicle of his choice. But like you say, 
this is a very critical season, you know. And oh yeah, it's just his second year for Sark, but he's got to show improvement, no question about it. One thing is for sure, there is no doubt the Big 12 is open for business. We will leave no stone unturned to drive value for the conference. Just as I pledged to the board, we will be bold and humble, aggressive and thoughtful, and innovative and creative, all in an effort to position the conference in a way that not only grows the Big 12 brand and business, but makes us a bit more contemporary. Duck, that was the voice of incoming Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yarmark. The Big 12 is open for business. Does that mean that they're going to win football games too, or is this just a money grab? Well, I get, know the two are intertwined. Yeah, it's don't get a ahead business. Of yourself. Just if they're open for business is a good sign in these days. Well, 7 Eleven's open. Well, I know. That means they're in business. It means nice. they have, they're not closed. They're not closed for repairs. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I think the Big 12 has a real chance, and I wrote about this in the paper this morning, is they've got a real chance to prosper. And they are in a position, said, where they can form a third super conference if they do the right thing and they get aggressive and they convince, not just invite, if they can convince not four, but six Pac-12 teams to join them in the better position Big 12 that just invited four teams. This has the, the safe central time zone where the Pacific Coast time zone doesn't hurt you anymore. And let me let me, let, let, let me get with you on that call. It was a good column, Doug. I, you, you brought it. You brought it. And one of the wait a minute before we what, which one of those coaches yesterday said I'm not going thank there. you for everything you do for college football. That was Lance Leipold. No, that wasn't was it? Neil Brown. It was Neil Brown from West Virginia. Okay, those guys. Those guys love you. I just think they did it because you're old. I slipped him a 10. Okay. It was nice to right. That'll go further in West Virginia than it will in Austin. Good <laughs> good for him. But I'm, I, I like the column. So you're saying, let me, let yeah, me I, want, I want you to explain this. Okay. So you're saying a big 12 with, with the four, five, six, seven, eight remaining teams. Mm-hmm. Minus Texas and OU. Well, they're adding four next should year. Add, add, and then adding Central Florida, Cincinnati, BYU, Houston. Right. You're saying they should add Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Oregon, and Washington. Thank, thank you very much. That's what you're saying? Yes. Why not Stanford? <sighs> well, why didn't Big Ten invite Stanford? You know, one thing about Stanford, it's – it's kind of the academic snobs of the country. You know, they look down on inviting a Texas Tech or an Oklahoma State. They've never wanted BYU. Mm-hmm. You know, now they're sitting here having lost USC and UCLA. Yes. They're thinking, oh, my God, now we're down to 10 teams. And do we go get San Diego State? Do we get Fresno State? You know, and they, and they think that's beneath them. And my thing is that if the Big Ten wanted – uh, Oregon and Washington. They would ask by now. They've already asked, and maybe obviously they're waiting on Notre Dame, of course, to make up its mind. And you got an odd number if you get Notre Dame, so maybe they go back in and get a Stanford, so that when these East Coast and Midwest teams travel west, I'm talking tennis, golf, men and women's basketball. You can play three teams 
and knock them out, you know, to lessen some of the travel. And everybody that I've talked to up here says uh, USC and UCLA didn't want Oregon. They didn't want Oregon to come with them because those are rivals. And I think they're also a little scared of the Phil Knight, Nike money. Big in money. In terms of NIL deals, you know. In, why, do, do why, you want why, in Oregon where they can, okay, here's a million dollars. Why wouldn't, a big 12, why wouldn't the Big 12 want some of that Nike money? I think they would. That's why I say invite him. Because mm-hmm. at this point in, in, in where we're at in this era of the super conferences, it's about survival first. Yes, sir. And then if you can get a couple of brand names like Oregon, like Washington, like Stanford, if you can get them, they won the Director's Cup 25 years in a row. If you could get all three of those, and, you know, I don't know how much Colorado brings. I don't think they bring you know, a whole lot of cachet anymore. They bring though. the Denver market. Uh, just like the Arizona they br- schools they, bring they, the Phoenix market. They, they bring some some good parties on road trips, well, legally. I don't know if that's a selling point or a detractor. But, I don't think uh, the kids would complain about that. No, they wouldn't. But Or the coaches, for that matter. But, you know, a lot of it, if you get these eyeballs, because, you know, they're negotiating TV media rights, you know, after it expires in 24-25. And, and the streaming services like Apple, like we talked about at lunch they're yesterday. Com- Apple's coming for Direct TV Sunday ticket in two years. They're going after the NFL. They went after M- MLS. They got money and deep coffers. They got iPhone, iTunes money, dog. They and got big money. Cable is on the outs and streaming is in. That's where the kids, you know, watch their sports and their entertainment. Hulu Sports, YouTube Live. I see I see all of them kind of getting in on this sports craze. This is the new this is the yeah, new era. Cable really cable is. cables dying a slow death. One thing I was talking to Mike Gundy yesterday, the Oklahoma State coach and I love him. He's so tapped Love in. the mullet. Love he the says, mullet. There's security in numbers right now. Mm-hmm. He said the conferences that have the smaller numbers, it's a lot easier for them to go away. And he's right, which is why the Big 12 should have invited these four Pac-12 uh, teams uh, several years ago. Remember they were asking for audition tapes? Mm-hmm. And they had like something like 19 schools said, pick us, pick us. And the Big 12 said, nah, we're good. And I think Texas and Oklahoma probably nixed it because they knew they wanted to go to the SEC. So, but I don't know. There is strength in numbers. Get more at the table, and uh, so you have more inventory for ESPN or Fox or NBC or or the streaming services. To that end, Duck, uh, we, we we walked away with uh, outgoing Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, friend of the podcast. Look, we, we we really like Bob. Yeah, he's good. Um, and I asked him. I asked him to that end. I asked him about uh, the future of a Big 12, and I, and I mentioned the past where they stayed right. at a certain number. Here's what he had to say. Bob, <laughs> uh, years ago, you guys decided to stay with 10 teams. Um, is it feasible to survive in this new world with just 12? We'll find out. You know, I, I think that's the I think that's the process that we'll go through is um, a determination whether that's the new day or or whether they're you know as as Brett said uh, anybody we add has to be indeed additive Uh, you you can't add people that are going to just take more slices of the pie Um, so you know that that's a uh, that's a a very calculated um, long thought about uh, outcome and and that's the process he described it's 
that's that's what we'll be doing. And I think uh, he's right that uh, decisions will be made in the context of of what best positions us. He played it very political. <clears throat> he did. He stayed. He, he kind of stayed between the lines. They're in wait and see mode. Um, I don't think they can survive as a 12-team league without Texas and OU. I'm going to tell you, Duck, if Texas and OU stayed and they were 12 teams mm-hmm. and they added two, if they added oh, US, yeah, USC yeah, yeah. and a UCLA, okay, that would have been sexier. Well, well, sure it would, but I don't think US, USC and UCLA had any interest in no. the Big 12. No, But you could have lured these Arizona schools and Colorado and Utah back mm-hmm. then when they still had Texas and yes. Oklahoma. But now the thing of the – Big 12 is trying to avoid is getting merged into the Pac-12 and become the new bigger Pac-12. They want to be the Big 12 with those Pac-12 cast-offs. They want to draw from the Pac-12. They don't want to be absorbed into the Pac-12. If you're the Arizona schools, would you, are you more excited about possibly taking a leadership role with Oregon and what's left Mm -hmm. of the Pac-12? Or do you think the Pac-12 is going to die and you need to get off that ship and jump on with with a Big Twelve that you know is adding teams. I don't think they think they can survive or do well in a ten team Pac twelve without those two anchor flagship institutions. So I think they know that. So I think those are the discussions going on right now. Is that are we better served in the middle of the country with the Central Times? You know, I'm an AP top twenty five voter. I have been since like nineteen seventy nine. And I stay up late watching those Pac-12 games. You're nuts. I don't know how Vicky puts up with that. I don't either. Uh, that's hard to explain. But, you know, and I'm not sure every voter does that. You know, it's like it's no. much easier to leave a team out like I'm going to you bed. You know those New York voters aren't up watching that. Yeah. There's no way. But up till 4 in the morning. So if you're in the central part of the country, in the, in the friendlier central time zone, you don't have to play games at 10 in the morning or Pac-12 after dark where maybe fewer people are watching. So I think they would take that into consideration. Plus when you, plus when you come to come to Texas or, you know, you go to Waco or, or Norman mm-hmm. or, or, or Lubbock, when you fly back, yeah. you're not getting, unlike the Central teams, you're not getting back home at 3 in the morning. Exactly. You're getting back home at a decent hour, well, even exactly. if you play a night game. Doug. And that was a big factor why Texas and, Oklahoma and them ultimately pulled the plug on going to the Pac-12, mm-hmm. you know, back when. And, you know, Dallas Dodson has always told me that if we were going to leave, we were probably going to go to the ACC. He said it because of the time. advantage of the East Coast time zone. Mm-hmm. So when you come back, you're gaining an hour. You're gaining an you're hour. Not, you're not flying back from the West Coast and losing two hours. Yeah, because you play a 2.30 game. Mm-hmm. You play a 2.30 game on the East Coast in yeah. North Carolina. Right. Uh, you, 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 you get on the plane at 8 o'clock Carolina mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And then you're, you're back at 9.30. You're yeah. back at 9.30 in Reasonable Texas. time. That's yeah. reasonable. Absolutely. Get, so, get, be in bed by 11, feeling yeah. good. So I asked Brett Yormark yesterday, mm-hmm. and I said, so give me the reasons why y'all should absorb Pac-12 teams and not be absorbed, and he said, "Well, it's a good question, but I don't really have an answer for you." You know, he didn't have a lot. He didn't have a whole lot. There was very short on specifics, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So I I think, uh, you know, the jury's still out, and uh, you know, Bowlesby and Yormark both said nothing's imminent, which probably means it's imminent, you know, because it can change like in a in a snap of a finger. So. But this is a great opportunity, I think, for the Big 12. Huge to opportunity. To position itself with a chance to be that third super conference. 
Yeah, Doug, I mean, Big 12 has a shot. They do. Big 12 has a shot. But for right now, the Texas Longhorn, mm-hmm. the Oklahoma Sooners are not going anywhere anytime soon. And so we're going to get we're going to get Brent Venables today. We're going to get Steve Sarkeesian today. Right. What are you going to ask those guys? Oh. I'll tell you what I'm asked, Brent. Go ahead. How, how involved are you going to be in, in offensive meetings? You're a defensive guy. Yeah. How involved are you going to be? Right. Because um, Lincoln Riley was by far an offensive head coach. Oh, yeah. Now, Bob Stoops had a little bit of both. But, but he was a D.C. by trade. Yeah. But he became, a, but he became an offensive, offensive guru. So how many of the meetings, what, what are you going to be bringing to those offensive meetings? What are yeah. you going to ask Sark? He's going to bring a lot of fire Venables is. I know that for sure. Uh, you know, he doesn't really respond well. What did you learn that you didn't know, or, you know, that sort of thing? And I, I know they fall back on, the, oh, we're tighter, you know, communications. Remember with COVID, they were, you know, having meetings in, you know, mm-hmm. ballrooms or stuff like that. They weren't in their locker room. So I think there's more stability Thing. But are we talking about Texas? Uh, I'm off the field. Okay. Okay. So okay. I guess I would ask him. It says, you know, he's not going to answer about quarterback or anything. You know, I'd probably say, you know, how crucial is your non-conference? Because you've got a uh, Louisiana Monroe team you should easily handle, and you also have a UTSA that won 11 games last year. Don't overlook the tractor trailer. Yeah, absolutely. And then to have uh, Alabama coming in, you know, uh, Nick just doesn't lose to uh, former assistants. So uh, what I would ask him, what could an Alabama uh, win over Alabama or a competitive loss do for your program? It'll help. It'll help. Huge. But he won't say it. He'll go, well, we're not into losing. No, we'd want to win every game. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. But I'm going to tell you. You're going to ask him. I'm going to ask him. um, How short's the leash? (coughs) His leash? No, no. The quarterback leash. Oh. Whomever starts. If they they get blown up in the first half against Alabama, Mm -hmm. are these guys close enough in competition where you will break, where you will pull the trigger? Yeah. On, and 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 give the hook to a Quinn Ewers or to a Hudson Card like you did in Arkansas. Yeah, and along those lines, do you think you made a mistake in picking Hudson Card last August? Oh my God, that's such a good question. And why did you pick Hudson Card? You know, I don't think we'd get an honest answer because well, we're not going to revisit the past. He's going to say that. He but didn't. but to but to switch it, and he should have switched at halftime. Arkansas. It wasn't until almost the fourth quarter, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. When he put Casey Thompson, you know in. what, Doug? Um, that might be the question. What did you learn from from giving when you were, I mean, uh, Hudson Card that early hook? What did you learn I'm about your? With Casey. What did you What did you learn about your evaluations? What did you learn mm-hmm. about uh, about real time game v practice? And um, how how will that help you be a better coach this year? Because he's got to be better, Doug. He has to be better. He knows that. He knows that. And maybe he'll change in the way he handles this quarterback so it'll be interesting can't wait well duck um we are going to do something special next week and this is this is not official Doug, mm-hmm. but we we're going on vacation but we're going to try and do a special podcast mm-hmm. for next week 
we're going to try to get a very special guest on. And that's called in radio business. That's called a radio tease. And if you hear from us next week, that special guest is going to be front and center. And you're going to be on vacation. And I'm I'm still working. Oh, you're working next week. I'll be in Atlanta. But you won't be doing a podcast. See, we ought to just we ought to do one. We ought to do one. But I don't know if I want to come on vacation while you're living it up. With Olin Buchanan and, I'm not living up. I'm and all the my butt off. and all you know, the other that that's living it up for you. You know how many questions? All the questions going to be asked. We'll visit in Hot Atlanta. But if if we get that guest, we'll also get you calling in. Great from from Atlanta. That's going like to be fun. Sounds like a plan. That will do it for episode two sixty six of On Second Thought. Enjoy today's finale of Big 12 Media Days. And I know you enjoyed me and the duck chopping it up. For Kirk Bowles, I'm Cedric Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Ced and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play. 